Oh yeah! If you hear that music, you know it's time for Hawk Rock Talk. I like how I did that all in the same sound. Yeah. <laughs> it just was a bunch of kind of noise syllables that say Hawk Rock Talk. Hawk Rock Talk. I thought about, uh, speaking of, I thought about asking Sebastian Bach to see if he wanted to come on uh, 108.9 The Hawk. Great guy. Did Great guy. Did an episode of Hoppus on Music with him. Oh, really? Yeah, it was on one episode of Hoppus on Music. It was Wait, did me. you produce Hoppus on Music or something? No, I was just a guest. You were a guest uh, on Hoppus on Music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, do you know Mark Hoppus? No, I. Who was Brian Foss was uh, producing or helping oh, produce? Okay. And so they were just trying to get like comedians who knew about rock and rock. roll. And so it was like me, Sherrod Small, nice. and Sebastian Bach uh, just talking about the headlines. And I think I talked about Mastodon and Dream Theater and like mostly like, spent half the day like in a waiting tiny waiting room with. Uh, Sherrod and and they knew each other from another okay. VH1 talking show. Hilarious. Uh, and he was great. He had like a whole crew, but I mean that guy is just like Sebastian Bach from the beginning. Really? Like, so he's he's, he's just he like nev- he never deviates. No, and he was like nice as hell, laughing, like laughing at jokes, like you know, well, just being. He didn't turn on. He just didn't turn off. It was great. Well, maybe we do book him then. Yeah, I bet you'd be think it would be fun. Yeah, if you if you messaged him and just be like, "Hey, remember me? It's Jeff." Eh, I don't know if he'd really remember me, but you remember, remember me? We can get Hoppus. He's hey, he's got to produce. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's not busy right now with the return no. of Blink One Eighty Two. Oh my God, it's a little weird. <laughs> Are you weirded out by that or yes? Why? Uh, th- th- look, uh, there's just certain music that should stay when you're really in high school and i don't know there's just a certain like to me no offense to anyone but just like slight embarrassment if you're like our age and that excited about them i mean it also was nothing that meant anything my girlfriend in high school they were her favorite band but Mm -hmm. i never really cared much for them uh and that was she liked blink she didn't like them when dude ranch came out it was too uh too uh, after the fact but i definitely i saw them live uh, at a small club, uh, you know, but not my bag. A um, little hard to listen to. Okay. I never yeah. really got into them. I There was a lot of bands when I was in uh, college and playing uh, in bands, and we would play with a lot of bands that kind of liked Blink-182 and liked that sound. And sure. I, yeah, I was if never against it. If you're a couple years but... younger than me and uh-huh. us, then I right. think it's a little bit more We're the more same age. Apt. Yes. If you're a couple years younger than us, it's a little bit, it makes a little bit more sense if you're a person who's mm-hmm. into pop punk. But also even with that, I'm like, I don't know, they're better pop punk bands in that whole world. But that's hey, Godspeed. Uh, hey, that's hey. Hey, that's, that's the uh, catchphrase for uh, Hot yeah. Rock Talk. Well, that's The nicest hey. version of uh, Jeff Garlic is, eh, it's just not for me. Eh, it's not for me. I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, we are. This is the second episode of Hawk Rock Talk. Thank you to everybody that listened the, to the first episode that we did about Queen. Uh, yeah. A lot of people really enjoyed that. So we're going to keep doing these uh, from time to time. You'll, uh, you'll have these pop up on the 108.9 The Hawk feed. And we always start with a little rock news. You excited? You excited? I'm always excited to see what this rock news will be. Now, this is pretty exciting, Jeff. This is pretty exciting. Uh, From my favorite news source, (laughs) UltimateClassicRock.com. 
<laughs> do they which, run that Twitter that we are always responding to as well? <laughs> they do not. They do not. They should. They nothing should. Like engagement Twitter. People. Oh, nothing like us just bullying like all of these weird rock Who's sites a that are like, like name a bassist and you know when we we just hit them with just the most asshole you can of, only of pick atlas. one four Answer. disconnected records that have yeah. nothing to do with each other and that's why we started posting a lot of that shit on our uh on our twitter yeah like nate what's the best aerosmith song and it was like not anywhere close to what the best songs would be and so many people thought we were a real classic rock station in that moment right, that's and fun. they were like fuck you man it's back in the saddle or just like <laughs> we pissed off so many people people and don't get wonderful. jokes yes yeah. <laughs> the best they don't like barfs and larfs no. uh, but this is very exciting here the original alice cooper group has new music in the wings really now, they've done stuff like, you know, they did they the original band, Michael Bruce, Dennis Dunaway and uh, drummer Neil Smith have been writing and doing stuff with Alice since uh, 2011. Just like a, a few tracks here and there, like on Paranormal or Detroit Stories. Uh, but according uh, to Alice Cooper at the Motor City Comic Con this past weekend, he said they've written 12 songs together for future projects. So I'm hoping it's wow. just. I'm hoping it's just a uh, it's it's an original original band record again. I'm ready for that. I'd like to hear that. Get I, Bob I mean, Ezrin I, producing. I, I love Easy Action and Love It to Death and Killer. Yeah, like, Love It to Freddy's Death is for you. It never really clicked for me. The Zappa right. record. But, yeah, <laughs> you know. There you go. That's you a whole, that's a whole other sub, <laughs> that's a whole other subject for you. But uh, which what is your favorite out of that batch? Uh, might be Love It to Death. I think it's Love It to Death for me. Yeah. Because I love like, Second Coming. Yeah. And it's that's just like the, the merging. Uh, yeah, it might be out of out of all of them. It kind of sticks out the most. But that's exciting. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I would definitely be interested to hear what that is. There is a might live do album. do an Alice Cooper rock talk at some point. Where we're going to have to do a Cooper rock talk. Oh, you got to do a Cooper. Oh, <laughs> you guys got to do a Cooper. Now, another <laughs> funny thing before we hop into our band of the day. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about ultimateclassicrock.com. Uh, I, I go here all the time. And it used to be very, very good for news. Sure. And now there are just articles that are like, five hours ago, why yes is finally playing close to the edge correctly. I mean, all right, here's the depressing part about that. I was ready to be angry about it, but yeah. I guess because the clickbait of it, I'm like, wait, what were they doing what wrong? What were they doing wrong? Because I've seen them play Close to the Edge live, and I thought the quote, they were playing it correctly. Maybe they cut out a section or something. The quote that they put right under the clickbait title is, I always thought it sounded lousy, but I got used to it, says guitarist Steve Howe. I'd, I mean, it sounded amazing when I saw them play it years and years ago but you, you did good yes just not great just not great you, can you make it great for me when i pay a ticket jesus criminy yeah. but then there's um, other there's other yeah. stuff on here so there's like okay green day's good riddance was nearly bon jovi style rock ballad my god or i then, mean there it, there's maybe look i know we are doing like a podcast where we're just going to talk about a very old band for a while but like right when you're looking you at are, like you're wearing the t-shirt for oh i'm wearing the t-shirt of it uh one of my multiple t-shirts of this band but when it's <laughs> clickbait but clickbait about 
like a record that came out like 20 to 50 years ago (laughs) it's like that feels like the saddest version of clickbait of like a bunch of like middle-aged dudes who are like i gotta check this out i gotta know how close the edge was played wrong unpredictable but in the end it's right wow 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 i hope you have the time of your life what you say that's wow 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 wow, wow. oh god uh all sounds terrible to me all sounds terrible uh to me and here here we go guys let's go ahead and hop right into it let's uh fuck it we'll do it live uh, we'll do it live. We're eight minutes in. This is usually around the time where we would introduce the guest on a uh, 108.9 The Hawk. Of course. And it's so it's so funny. You know, we do talk about The Hawk a lot on Hawk Rock Talk because why wouldn't we? Um, but it is very funny when guests are like, God, you, t- you didn't come to us for like 13 minutes. Like Coker and Stratton called that out on their episode. Well, you know, you got to set the stage. Something good, people. You got to set the stage. (laughs) Yeah, you have to. I mean, but also, if you jumped in, Wisp, Jeff, or Greg would jump on you. Yes. So you know, we're setting it up for you. Since when has a regular classic rock station ever let the guest talk? God. (laughs) Oh my God. So last week we did Queen. Which yeah. is um, one of my all-time favorite bands that you, well, we're going to have a second episode of that coming up soon. But mm-hmm. you've really started to enjoy since you yeah. did that episode. Always liked them. Now I really enjoy them, much to the chagrin of my wife. Does um, she not like Queen? I asked I, this in a text and you didn't really answer it. Right. I guess I just forgot to. I, uh, I don't think she necessarily hates. Uh, she hates some of their songs. Like what? I'm in love with my car. Like I had brought it. Like she truly. That's fair. That's fair. She truly was just like upset that song was on um i think she just doesn't love them i think they're not her they're not her favorite in the oh, terms of Jeff what is Carlin. her favorite what's her who's her favorite band oh i mean honestly at this point i don't even know i mean she's so at so many years of just basically me like i mean mm-hmm. when i met her she was like an indie pop fan okay. like twee indie pop like bell and sebastian was her favorite band okay yeah so that world um right. i don't know what i would say is her favorite band at this point because i i'm just such a Yes, definitely. Uh, she loves a Monet Marth. That ain't wrong. Uh, yeah, she just deals with me. I'm just such a monster. So you have like, you've kind of like uh, molded her. A little bit. I mean, she loves Maiden. We've seen Maiden together, you know. It's like, okay. <laughs> so. Who doesn't love Maiden? I mean, some people My don't. wife. Yeah, exactly. Um, but today, you know, we were going to do a deep dive on Thin Lizzy. I need a little more time to do a dive. It's a huge discography if you yeah. don't realize there's more than Jailbreak. We were talking about doing this yesterday. Today, you know, the episode we're recording right now, we, we talked about yesterday. And he was like, what about Thin Lizzy? And then I looked at all the records. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's absolutely no way <laughs> I'm going to be able to do this. So we're doing a band that we both equally love. I think yes. you probably love them more. I am going to give you that. They are my favorite band. They are your favorite band. They are my favorite band. Why? Why is Genesis my favorite band? Honestly, yeah. So we are covering Genesis today. It is like a question I've asked myself many times. I don't like because I, I both know the reasons and it's slightly unclear even when I think about it why I'm so obsessive about them now right like and you in, are yes like i really like think about them like a lot like in i think part of it is 
I, 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 as you know, I like to go on deep dives, but I also like listen to like so much music, like all the time, all day. Right. I'm never right. not listening to music. Uh, but there's a bit of like, I like partly that I think I decided to some extent that Genesis was going to be the band I obsess over, like the band that I'm because like, I can't obsess so much about every band because it right. would be take up every second. And yeah, it's just, it's just not, not fair. fair. It's just not fair. What, but it, there's a little bit of like when you're a kid and you're like, this is my band. It's like, I, it's like oh, the, God, yeah. the older man version of that. Um, but I don't know. They're a band that scratches almost every itch. Every itch. Like truly like they, they scratched the like, the prog rock itch, the heavy itch, the weird arty music itch, the pop itch. Yeah. Uh, uh, they they scratch the not really rock star, so punk itch in aspects. Like where, you know, like where I'm like, I like the statement I always still say was from this Palaka song is like, just like, I hate rock and roll. Like I like the music mm-hmm. rock and roll, but in, I like talking about it and making fun of it. But in general, like the rock and roll, like attitude is like really frustrating to me. Um, but you don't Genesis, think Genesis had that? No, weirdly, like it's like they're like behind the music wouldn't be that intense. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. there's something like nice about that, uh, uh, and the fact that they're all like old school chums is very charming chums. to me. They should have just called the band Chums. They really should have called it Chums. We do have Chum as a band in Valverde uh, that yeah. was on the uh, Rock Cruise. Yeah. Chum <laughs> was part of it. So, I love uh, their passive aggressiveness as a band to each other. Yes. Uh, even though they're so in your face sometimes with what they do, they're still so Britishly passive aggressive. Um, I don't know. It just kind of can keep going on. But the biggest thing is like I still... I don't know. For so, and they were a later day band for me. They were like mm-hmm. not until like my late twenties that I was like, oh, I really love Genesis. And I said it uh, briefly in the Queen episode that it was like around worst gig ever, where both me and Mike Pace, my co-host, both were like, wait a second, we don't just kind of like Genesis. You really like Genesis. We really like, and it was like a thing we have like too. Mm-hmm. It's like we like still will like just randomly be like, you know, what's in you know underrepresented part in one Genesis song. Um, <laughs> and we do that bullshit all the time. You know, well, I heard this live version of Afterglow yeah. and it really changed how we looked at it. <laughs> I think you and I bonded early over Genesis so. too, just at, the, at UCB talking about Genesis and passing and stuff. They're and also, I agree. They're also the, a band and that's part of it is like, everyone has an idea about what Genesis is. But then when you listen to the whole discography and even the era that most people talk about, they're like right. pop era. Like, I'm just like, you don't know. Like, and, mm-hmm. and they're also band that like, I've definitely like, uh, you know, I try honestly my best to not tell people like, you should listen to this band. Cause I just have no interest. But the few times I've like mentioned it with Genesis and people are like, really? Like, there's definitely like, I can remember one <laughs> conversation with someone at UCB. Are you sure? Yeah, they did really. Are. And then it was like, they were like, what record would I listen to? And I recommended either Foxtrot or Selling England. And his first response later was just like, so did you like grow up on it or something? <laughs> like, and I was uh-huh. like, no. And I get why you're asking because you didn't really like it. And it didn't really uh, hit you. And you think that it's just because I was what a kid. I liked them. But I'm like, no, this was an old man decision. I think that Genesis, if you're recommending Genesis to somebody, 
Yeah. It's an interesting thing that you kind of almost have to feel out that person. Am yeah. I going to recommend the Peter Gabriel era or am I going to recommend a Phil record? It, Genesis is like uh, uh, if someone's like, oh, what, what metal record should I listen to? Right. I'm like, well, I got to figure out what you listen to. Like, yeah. there's a billion subgenres and kind of same. Yeah. With Genesis is like, are you going to like take in the Phil era? Are you going to take in the, the Phil era with Steve? Are you going to take in the and then there were three post era? Are you going to take in only the Invisible Touch? Like we can't dance or just can't dance or the fuck that record is. Or are just you the can't dance? Just can't dance. Now, that's volume twenty seven. <laughs> Or are you the one person who's like calling all stations? That's where it right. really all came together. Oh man, I loved it when Phil was out of the band and they brought in that weird guy <laughs> to do that one record that was the last Genesis record. Um, I will say for this, last night was the first time I ever listened to Calling All Stations all the way through, just really? to verify. Okay. Because I had heard just bits and pieces like, what are my feelings on Calling All Stations? It's not terrible. The music's pretty good, I think. Ish. There are moments that pop out, but a lot of it does feel very uninspired, not just vocal, like vocals, whatever. Like, I feel for the guy, you can't replace Phil. Like, do you he's, feel, do you feel that, not to, sorry to interrupt, but did you feel, I just got to get this out, like, as they were recording this, they were like, oh, fucking Phil. Yes. Oh, mother, motherfucking Phil's not here. But even that is too oh, angry. That's, that's too, too angry, angry. for wish, them. I mean, because also, I, I would recommend, like, wish Phil were here. To appreciate Genesis, watch like any interview and watch that back and forth documentary, I think is what it was called. The one that they did on Showtime. That was As like where some, they, some of its parts. Wasn't some it? of its parts, I mean, where they got them yeah. all together. Um, uh, sorry, I think back and forth is the book. Um, or one of the books I have on Genesis. Right. But uh, because they've never stopped. That's one of the reasons, again, I love them is watching them be all old men and fucking with each other. Like when they're 16, Yes, like Tony the- is still a curmudgeon in the butt of the jokes. Yes. But like the inter the, the, to me, the summary of Genesis personality wise of one of the reasons I love them. And one of the, maybe the main reasons is like Foxtrot era. When Peter came out in the red dress with a Fox mask on, Mm-hmm. And didn't tell anyone in the band. And I was like, okay, I get that. Been in that band. Like, does it, it doesn't tell the other members they're going to do something weird and big. And I believe Mike Rutherford's reaction was just like, and then he came out and I was just like, well, I guess that's happening. Oh, look. And guess we'll just deal with that later. Oh, like, and well. it really is just so, well, here we go. <laughs> well, he's, he's bloody wearing a fox mask. Yeah. And he's Nothing so. I can do about it now. Yeah, so very British, pulled yeah. back, proper schoolboy about I, it all. And schoolboy is such a big part of this because Genesis started at the Charterhouse School in Surrey in 67. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Banks on keyboards, Mike Rutherford on bass, guitar, uh, drummer, singer, Phil Collins. And then, of course, you had Peter Gabriel and then uh, Steve Hackett. Uh, yeah, don't go crazy. Don't Not go crazy? just yet. Not just yet. Okay, what was Phil the original wasn't in lineup? there yet. I'm blanking on the drummer's name who replaced, uh, uh, who was on the first record in the beginning. Oh, so uh, where it was the silent was song. Anthony but, Phillips. So that was the guitarist. That was Ant. Okay, was uh, it Jonathan King? And Ant shows King. up in that sum of all, yes, Jonathan King, I believe, played drums. Mm-hmm. There was like a producer who was like one year older than them who was like, 
I'll, I'm going to be your manager and we're going to record these things right. and get these things out. And the first stuff is okay. Like you can mm-hmm. see the little inklings, but it feels very British teen. Like, I don't like music it at the time. I really don't like from Genesis to Revelation. It's not. And great. I, I never listened to it. The Silent Sun, I think, is a song has like some moments and it's like more that like you can hear the bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, Aunt, weirdly, Anthony Phillips was like one of the binding like glue of it. And they all still talk about Ant like he's just like this lovely bloke, one of the best guys oh, ever. Oh God, we love Ant. But he had massive stage fright mm-hmm. uh, and just stopped doing. He was just like, I can't do this. Like this. Do is they still hang me. out with Ant? Because you know it how they're also like it. okay. Good. That's the thing is they all seem to be fine with. That's the other reason I love them. Like when yeah. Peter Gabriel was in trouble with Womad. because he fucked himself over and had done like bankrupted himself. Right. Right. They were just like. All right, suppose we'll just reunite for a bit. Oh, guess we'll uh, help you out with the WOMAD, won't we? Yeah. What is WOMAD for the listener? A world organ. It's a world music festival, like Lollapalooza, but it was like. There's also a label, too. Like he would put out like WOMAD records. Muta Baruku record, Yusu Endor, and that kind of stuff. Um, And this was after he left, Peter Gabriel left Genesis. Yes. Uh, okay. And totally like was just blowing my like screwed himself probably divorced. There's a lot of divorces um, yeah. that'll happen as it happens. But um, but yeah, Ant because Ant has put out uh, a lot of solo records that are really good. Um, oh, I've never listened to those. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's I got like to that. up to six uh, that are literally just like classical guitar pieces. And then there's a bunch of ones that start to get kind of synthy in like mm-hmm. 1984. There's one uh, uh, sides, but yeah, Ant just basically just like records on his own, and they still seem to all love him. And that 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 documentary, they're all just like joking around with him, and it's just stage fright. He just was just like, I can't do this, and I'm and when fine. They, and when they reunited for Womad, they did a really great version of "I Know What I Like in Your Wardrobe." Mm-hmm which yeah. I, I listen to uh, quite a bit. But we're going through the records one by one. But I do I do have to preface this. Please. By saying this. And it may, it may ruin your day. You may respect me more for it. As much as I love The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, and we're going to talk about that record in one second. Yes. My favorite Genesis lineup is the three. Currently, as as it, it was, is mine as well. It, it, it's my favorite. It's, it's something happened with like, uh, you know, Trick of the Tail and like and, and of course, you know, uh, you know, Hackett was on Trick of the Tail, correct? Yes. Like and then there were three. So like and then there were three on, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's Genesis for me only because that's the Genesis I grew up with. Sure. Like my and you parents- are also a leaning towards shorter rock songs oh i'm just a power in your pop general guy. yeah you're a power so it's closer to that for you it's as closer well. to that yes um there's just no like insane it's and it's got it like you know right they, they figured it out but it's I mean, also that, I w- yeah go on it's also just a really nice memory from growing up like my parents had the cassettes of abacab and genesis mm-hmm. just those two records yeah and so they would crank especially genesis mm-hmm. the 1983 album the self-titled album they played that over and over every i've talked about this on other rock podcasts i've done every saturday in the gore household the kiss the windows were open the cassettes were flying (laughs) and uh you know it was genesis it was that genesis album it was uh new moonshine by james taylor got a lot of airplay 
uh, Decade by Neil Young or Four Way Street by Crosby, Sills, Nash and Young would get a lot of airplay. But they were crazy about the 83 Genesis album. So that's where I live. Well, as that's we go also, through this. Yeah. And for me, uh, and it speaks to why we do the Hawk. I've kind of talked about this, like growing up. Even though my dad had like records and my dad was like the classic, like I was going to go to Woodstock, then I had something else to do. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. <laughs> I didn't know that, really? Yeah. And then he's like, he, I think I told you he was interviewed. Had- he was interviewed when the Doors movie came out because he was at the New Haven show where he got arrested. Right, right. Um, and that was like what my mom would always talk about. That was, was like, the when dick I met thing, him, right? he was ex- Yeah, the dick thing. Yeah. He's like, he was so exciting. We went to see Richie Havens at like a small coffee club. Like, you know, so they would like, you know listen to all that shit and like he i remember he had a tape of scorpions worldwide live he really liked that record but that's a good record it's a great record yeah. it's, it's fantastic live record uh the version of the zoo i believe on there is great but uh we didn't listen to records we just listened to 99 rock wplr 99 like, 99 rock wplr new, new haven. haven but we just that would just be on if music was on so like that's partly why some bands your thin lizzy your genesis like i never gravitated toward and most of the classic rock stuff because also pretty quickly for my musical introduction i was as i probably have said it's like i didn't listen to music then i listened to weird al and then I pretty much jumped straight into Primus and then immediately from Primus went into, okay, now I listen to industrial punk and then you hardcore. Went, you went to the dark side, boy. Immediately. Man, like, you this went was, right over, man. Yeah, like junior high, like in, in yeah. sixth grade into junior high. So uh, uh, so albums never kind of happened for me. Uh, but okay. yeah, with uh, but it, w- two things off of what you said there before is that one, one of the reasons I love Genesis is because of all the eras, it's like you can kind of rediscover a new Genesis record. Oh, yeah. Because you'll find, you'll be like, now I'm in the mode for this era, and I'll forget about this song on this record I didn't listen to and be like, oh, fuck. Like, even this morning, I'll get into it. But there was one that I was like, I don't give this enough credit. We'll have to fucking talk about this. Um, yeah. And I do think that one of the biggest things with Genesis that came up when I was listening to Calling All Stations and then texting my buddy Mike, because that's what we mostly talk about is Genesis, is I would say maybe, I think out of maybe any band that mm-hmm. existed, they are like the number one that, the th- for that core three, the three of them all really need to be together to put out this music and all three of them truly accentuate each other. Oh God, yeah. And the other, and 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 I am saying this with Phil Collins and Mike and the Mechanics being such humongous artists. Without the other two members, they don't. Wait, 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 wait. You are forgetting the soundtracks that Tony Banks did. I think Tony Banks the Fugitive. This is all for our part two solo records. I think Tony Banks the Fugitive is a highly underrated solo record, but also maybe his only underrated solo record. Oh my god! Well, Poor he was Tony. listening. He was uh, listening like, oh right, and then he's like, oh no, yes, but oh, no, they uh, they need to work together, yes. and they they all accentuate each other, and mm-hmm. uh, the the fact that they all. The fact that, like, it's like, oh, why would they bother coming back if they've already start having these amazing solo records? Like, their solo career 
mm-hmm. it's like because they truly are a band that only can create what they created when the three of them are working together. Oh, God, yeah, 100%. Because you listen to, a, you know, uh, In the Air Tonight, yeah, which he was huge. Now, that was also... Was that a was that a demo that was offered to Genesis or kind of hidden away from Genesis? Depends on who you ask. That's the Depends other beauty of them ask. too. They remind me so much of every more so than any other band, every band I've been in. They all right. have different stories about yeah. what happened. They're all passive aggressive. Right. And they're all slightly pissy to each other, but love each other more than anything. So it's right. like Tony will stand behind and he's such a fucking pissant all the time. He's just like, right. Phil never showed us that. Just never heard it. And then <laughs> Phil would be like, I definitely played it for them. Right. And they didn't want it. Like, they'll yeah. just all have different stories. You can and, hear them just like yeah. tossing it off. It's like the time that Mike Campbell played Boys of Summer for uh, Tom Petty. Right. And Tom Petty was like, no, nah, I don't want that one. And then, you know, it goes over to, uh, to Don Henley, who writes some lyrics for it. And it's a huge hit. And it's a huge hit that you could hear you know tom petty singing like i can hear you (laughs) like you can hear tom's voice and uh the the quality of his voice singing that but um yeah but here's the point i was trying to make Uh, in the air tonight as awesome as it is with those what hugh padgham am i saying that correctly padgett i think padgham i can't padgham Padgham, who was the producer on the peter gabriel records where they came up with that gated uh, drum, sound drum sound on uh, Intruder mm-hmm. was the was the track that they came, which up I with that, certainly that, heard first as a Primus cover. One hundred percent on that miscellaneous was, debris. That was one of that. So okay, that's you, we have that in common. Yes, because I hearing Intruder on miscellaneous debris. And I was just like, this song fucking rules. And that led me to Peter Gabriel. I did not like Gabriel. Big Time or Sledgehammer as a kid. And oh, still I did. don't like for oh, me. They oh, were I like. S- they stick out as like the two that just kind of drive me a little bit. Like I have to skip really? over them. Yeah, oh I just. Oh my God. I love every second of them because I would hear those in my mom's office. Yeah. You would hear those in every doctor's office you went into. And she worked at uh, Radford Orthopedic and I would go in and it was almost like I opened the door to her office and it was. You could hear Tony Levitt just fucking yeah. smack into his drum yeah. fingers on that. Yeah. Um, you know, when he eats, he eats with the drum, with the fingers. He's very good at it. He makes He's chopsticks out of it. Yeah, he, he like puts it right into a roll and pops it right in his oh mouth. Oh my God. I, I don't know if you've watched it, but that King Crimson doc, he shows his fingers and they look... <laughs> horrifying and oh, he's God, well aware like, how he he's showing no that's the pinky is flat like it is like because wide. he has to wear this the the stick no because on? he's been playing chapman stick for so long and slamming oh his God. fingers that they're basically just like this mush. Like broken them down and he showed he showed the comparison and the two fingers look completely different on both disgusting. hands it's wild disgusting but um that was my entry and of outside of like big time or sledgehammer or uh in your eyes which you know mm-hmm. of course we all heard and say anything yes we uh, did one of my all-time favorite movies and um yeah and but like that primus ep sent me right back to those solar peter, peter gabriel albums and so what i'm trying to say back to my original point what i'm trying to say is in the air tonight as cool as it is there's something even more special about hearing misunderstanding. Yeah. Which they're very similar in terms of like Phil banged them out on his piano at home. Yes. But there's like, there's, is there something that comes to life when Mike and Tony are on a Phil song? When Phil 
does uh oh, what is the song that he redoes is it turn it on again he does turn it on again on one of the solo records and it's like oh this is what happens when the other two aren't there to be pissy Yes. Like, because it's just like, oh, you want more of those, like, Atlanta horns. Right. You want it to be a little bit more, like, R&B soul, um, which is shocking, because in my mind, I'm just always like, but you're the fusion guy, because uh, that was his whole thing. Like, he was, like, so into fusion, like, in Brand X, like, him playing right. in Brand X was, like, nothing but just fusion. But it's just, like, there are those bits where you're like, yeah, this is cool and all. You need those other two guys most you need of the time. Guys. To keep you from turning into and still, you know, love it for what it is, but like turn into Tarzan soundtrack air. Like, right. you know what I mean? Where it's just like, it could be played in any dentist's office uh, and You'll not pay attention be to it. You'll be in my heart. Yeah. Which still um, has a moment to it, but yeah. it's like, it's, it's, you <laughs> Look, know, just I'm not knocking the, the he's uh, got a timber. <laughs> uh, but no, but yeah, I totally agree. And you know, there, there are those things. There's so many, like, yeah, I almost think a, a separate episode is the solo records because oh, there's yeah. so many things that you can say about no jacket required and why Phil went in that direction, which I, I think I could do easily, a whole episode on Steve Hackett's Voyage of the Acolyte, a.k.a. And I the, wouldn't be here. The Lost Genesis record, because almost everyone from Genesis is on it, and it's the record that he basically was just like, okay, you're not going to use any of my songs? I'm going to just make my own record. And <laughs> right. then weirdly still, everyone's like, oh yeah, we'll still play on that though. Oh yeah, I'll come by. Oh yeah, we'll be It's there. an amazing record. You should listen I've to Voyage of the that. Acolyte. I, it's I've a never listened to any Steve Hackett, so I that's a that's because I just to get, it starts that, to go down. It still is some good stuff, but starts to go down pretty quick. Like there's a, there'll be like more of like here's a song with Richie Haven singing, and then here's this, and it kind of jumps around. Okay. Voyage of the Acolyte sounds like a Lost Genesis. Record. Voyage of the Acolyte sounds like something you just made up. I know, and the re- and you'd see the record cover, and you go, Jeff just freaking dicked this out. Like yeah. it looks like a fake. I'm looking at it right now. That oh, I'm yeah, you up. made the, you put this up. Yeah, this it is was a, a Wikipedia page when I that found you. It. I was like, "What is this?" And it, it truly blew my mind when I first heard it. It's an amazing record. Yeah, um, everybody's on it. Ever, literally, everyone's on. I mean, that's the beauty. You got that workaholic Phil. He's going to show up anyways. So. <laughs> well, Peter's not on it. Yeah, no, they were. This was right when they were still having some issues. Tony's not on it. Oh, he isn't. Oh, is Mike on there though? It's Mike and yeah. Phil. Yeah. So Tony is. Too busy being pissed. Like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't know why I make him sound like I'm uh, not going to do like, it. I'm not going to be there. And I'm not, not going to be it. me. <laughs> okay. So, in my mind, and yes. tell me if I'm wrong, but I pretty much lump Trespass, Nursery Crime, and Foxtrot all together. They could have been one big record to me. Yeah. Trespass is still a con, is like they're converting over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an it's an amazing record, and you know, uh, looking for someone has like a pretty amazing vocal part. Uh, the knife is the main, like to me, it's like that's the standout, the yeah. chorus of the knife. Um, because that's again, just I'll Who's say that who's got the knife exactly, and it's beautiful. That's it's like the chorus. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a looking for the knife. <laughs> Genesis are very good, I think, and especially the and even in their long prog songs where you'll be like, oh, I don't really want a long prog song. And then all of a sudden they'll shift into a part right. that doesn't to me feel jammed in, but you'll be like, whoa, I didn't expect that to happen. And it's surprisingly it just, <laughs> catchy. It just blows you back in your chair every time, doesn't every it? Every time. And truly, yeah. I mean, oh. that's, 
that's the part that I'm still trying to understand where like there's a lot of bands that do this to some extent, but I do mm-hmm. legitimately get like little shivers sometimes still when I listen to Genesis songs. Like I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. That's exciting. It'll those... be like just a little vocal part here. Or there. I hope that everybody gets little shivers. Little you know, shivers, listening baby. to Hawk Rock Talk. But the, yeah, but the knife is like the transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, nursery crime. Uh, if they, nursery crime and Foxtrot can a little bit be uh, felt slightly lumped together. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I'll just be like, that's a hard. But like, they're a band that I'd be like, oh, I'll make you a mixtape of the best stuff. And I'm like, oh, you got to have the musical box. Right. And oh, you got to have the return of the giant hogweed. Hogweed. Yep. And oh, the fountain of Salamacus. Like, all that <laughs> bullshit. And, the, and they also, those early ones have like, and I've talked about this with Mike Pace, they all have kind of somewhat the same structure. Will will be like, here's a long prog song intro, and then here's what feels like the throwaway acoustic ballad song. Mm-hmm. And then down the line, you'll keep listening and be like, wait a second, that's the song. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the one that felt like they're like, fine, put it on. Uh, I've got, but I've yes. got, I brought in a song called Arrow the Barrel. Exactly. And you're like, okay. I mean, that's the other fun part about them is they, mm-hmm. in the different eras, they also are very theatrical in a fun way. Like, I mean, not just Peter. Right. Like, Phil loves to do a Cockney accent. Like, yeah. fucking, he loves that shit. He loves to do the artful Dodger, yeah, like, sort of bullshit while he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And he's got 20 tambourines hanging from his fucking bike stand. And he hey, does that's his Buster, baby. Dances. That's just Buster, that's baby. Pure bu- that's pure Buster, baby. That's but when pure Buster, like, baby. Robbery, assault and battery. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just really playing a part. Um, uh, Foxtrot's another... great, though. Foxtrot is, like, yeah. a mind blower. That first Watcher of the Skies just does sound like Goblins, Dawn of the Dead uh, theme. I'll say too, though, I, I think Foxtrot's better to me than Nursery Crime. And part okay. of it is because we've talked about it, but I saw the Musical Box twice, who are an unbelievable tribute band. Nerd. Nerd. Very nerd. It is the most nerd. <laughs> no, it's I've the, always wanted to see them. I really The have. Musical Box, I've said, is the only tribute band I'll ever go see because it feels so nerdy. You wouldn't but go see you, Slither, a tribute to Velvet Revolver? No. But, uh, unless it was at the Viper Room. Okay, um, and you and me are there front and center. Uh, but, <laughs> and the thing with the Musical Box is they replicate distinct tours. So, mm-hmm. like, they'll be like, we're doing the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway tour. So, they have the rights to the exact costume changes, all of the exact backdrops. And That's so, I've insane. seen them on multiple tours. And, like, and they get it down to the fucking, exa- it's like in the movie Rockstar. When he's like, we have to do it exactly this note. It's That's- insane. Like, even, like, I got shivers the last time I saw him when they played How big the- were these shiver- shivers? Were they little shivers? I pooped my pants. Uh <laughs> Like the lights from the cover of Seconds Out went on, yeah. and I was like, oh, you replicated the lights, the white pillars. <laughs> because that's also a Genesis thing, is they invented those color lights. Yeah. That's like a trademark that they own, are the, the ones that change the color. Because oh, they wow. were like, we need that. So they just had wow. someone invent it. Wow. So I, I think Queen probably took a lot of their lighting inspiration from Genesis. I think pot, I, the, mean, truly. I would say the crown, which was their lighting rig, which is called, referred to as the crown, was very similar. Yeah. 
I they definitely did. It's very interesting. But like seeing the musical box, all of a sudden, like I was like being an ultimate nerd and just because also, mind you, last time I saw the musical box, they had the actual guy who painted the Foxtrot album I, cover. I don't mean sitting to interrupt on you. the side. <laughs> Painting it in real time. You sound time. like Greg now. You sound like Greg Lemonsauer. You are so, so excited. <laughs> you are so excited about Genesis. You literally are. You are Greg Lemonsauer at this moment. It's the worst I get. It's the worst I get. <laughs> but when the musical box was playing, they okay, had an guys. old. They had the old guy who did the original album art painting it, and from show to show, it would fill in. That's but nuts. the last time I saw him, all of a sudden, I was like, oh man. I never respected can utility in the coastliners this much. Like all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. I was like, "That's the one on Foxtrot." Uh, but yes, you are right. Uh, but if it, 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 those kind of get lumped together along right. with kind of Genesis Live, and then it kind of changes a little in '73 with Selling England by the Pound, their first album to have a hit. Yeah, crazy. Dancing with the Moonlight King Night was the uh, big hit off that record. No, yeah. it was, uh, of course. Uh, Love that shit. <laughs> yeah. It was, of course, um, I Know What I Like in Your Wardrobe. Which is a beautiful song. Very Selling good England song. was, uh, Foxtrot was the first one I heard. Selling England by the Pound was the first one I bought. So mm-hmm. in my mind, it still has a very sweet, like, you know, spot in my heart. Um, uh, Steve Hackett thinks it's his favorite. I think it's the, like, kind of like, even though they're selling, they're talking about like wimpy fast food burgers. There's just some really kind of gut wrenching vocal parts uh, in the first song, uh, especially. Um, uh, but there's so the whole thing. I know what I like in your wardrobe is such an amazing song. Firth of Fifth is great. Uh, the okay, battle, yeah, and- of, the battle of Epping Forest is maybe the number one Genesis song. I walk around singing to myself. Really, I just wander around just going the battle. Of Epin Forest. <laughs> it is the battle. Like, I'll just go for a walk and start muttering that to myself like a crazy person. I always think of the part of the, of I Know What I Like, where it's like, keeping, bumping, I know yeah. what. I, I, it's just that transition into the chorus is just so much fun. Their transitions are so unbelievable. Hard. Like, they're, yeah. like they'll, and again, you'll think a song is like either okay or just like fine, and then they'll transition to some unbelievable chorus. And, uh, and, ve- and very similar to Queen, like so many of the members are contributing to these songs. Yeah. Like, and you'll watch, and like watching a musical box allows you to kind of see of just like, oh, that's what Hackett brought. Um, besides looking cool as hell, Steve Hackett might be the coolest looking fucking member of genesis at that time because he was yeah. like all dark and he just sat down his big glasses that's the crazy part of like the musical boxes they'll be like oh yeah this is the tour will where bill buford bruford whatever played drums so he right. was wearing his boston bruins overalls so the drummer has to wear those when we play <laughs> i love it's it it's so weird I love it. And then after uh, a year later in 74, one of my favorite albums, one of the best concept records I think ever done. And if you've never listened to it, I highly recommend you get it out. You give it a listen. Lamb lies down on Broadway. So I'll say this about Lamb. I love Lamb. I love Lamb. Uh, I love and it's Lamb. It's very funny. I got I just have to say really quick. I got so much shit on the mm-hmm. best show for referring to The Lamb Lies Down as br- on Broadway because we were trying to figure out the best double albums. Right. And I said, oh, it's Lamb. By far. Yeah. 
it's lamb. And they're like, you just called it lamb? I'm like, yeah, any true Genesis fan just yeah. refers to it simply as lamb. It's a very long title. I mean, it's people, a, come on, yeah, we can't I don't be have calm. Time to say I don't have time words. for that. I'm, I gotta, I'm a busy man here. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I love lamb. Mm-hmm. And I say this as someone who put out a double record with Panthers and probably it should have been a single record. I, I much like a lot of double concept records. I sometimes wonder if there'd be a better single record in the lamb. Like I think about just, that for every double record. Like the, I think the white yeah. album would have been as ma- as amazing as the white album is. I think it would have been doubly amazing. Doubly amazing. Singly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just singly. think like, Especially with Lamb, mm-hmm. it's a record that Peter Gabriel was like, I'm about to leave this band. I have this giant concept. It doesn't make any sense. Real. And I'm also talking to Billy Friedkin at that time <laughs> about doing a, doing movie, a movie together. Yeah. And so here's this concept, Genesis. I don't have time to write most of the lyrics. So deal with rail. And then you have to write it. And so there's a lot of like begrudgingness to some of the songs that I think happens on double records where you're just like, fuck, I mean, we have to get from this song to this song. Mm -hmm. It just is kind of like a bunch of connector stuff here or there. And when it sticks out, it's the best. Like Carpet Crawlers is great. In the Cage is a mind blower of a song. But I sometimes think it would be a better single record. Uh, And I don't know what the fuck the story is. Like Rail's story is. I have no clue. I have no I, fucking and idea. I, I would in uh, if I had a genie for an alternate reality wish is my number one that him and Billy Friedkin had done a freaking movie together. It would have been one of the strangest fucking things ever. You're merging uh, one of my favorite band, my favorite band with one of my favorite, not only directors, but people like I could listen to Billy Friedkin talk right for eight hours at a time. I could listen to him talk for the length of two lambs. Uh, but yeah, it just, it feels like a little bit the weight of them coming apart and Peter mm-hmm. deciding to be a pain in the ass. Uh, and he's like, I want to go off on my own and then be angry at you and write Salisbury Hill. <laughs> uh, so Salisbury, so Salisbury Hill is about him leaving Genesis. Yeah. And, and, and some of those key lines are, but ba- it's like, you know, about, Having the faith to make the... That's just why I think it gets sucked into, like, rom-coms, like, mm-hmm. idea. It's like having the, leap. having the faith to make the leap out right. of something that you're comfortable in um, and out of the machine uh, and to be like, fuck, I'm going to be... And honestly, that's one of those moments. I've, I have had those moments of, like, maybe this band's got to stop. Maybe I got to get out of UCB. <laughs> like, you hit play on your Discman and it's all... Climbing up on Salisbury Steak. Exactly. And then I'm like, I'm hungry. Hungry. God, I'm hungry. Hello, it's Peter Gabriel for Shawnees. <laughs> or in the UK, Gabriel's. Um, I'll say my favorite tracks on Lamb. I love Cocoon Cocoon. Yeah. I great. love Carpet Crawlers, but I got to say, gotta, I kind of prefer the 1999 version. Well, that's that's the other fun part is I enjoy listening to Phil mm-hmm. sing Lamb stuff more. Yes, I think yeah, 100%. on the record. Yes, because I think again Peter's slightly checked out. Yep. If you can, it reeks a little. And and well, Phil a has lot such of a like big double, energy on yeah, there. There's a lot of double uh, lead vocals on this record with Phil and Peter singing together. And oh, and on most, it's always like whether it be like a Phil song or mm-hmm. one where you're just like, oh yeah, Phil is matching 
mm-hmm. like uh, with this tone or quality while I know he's not doing it in the studio, but like while he's playing an amazing drum beat because Phil yeah. Collins is like an unbelievable drummer. Yeah. And if he would just, if he just get off his lazy ass. Oh, if he would get out of the chair. If we just all listen to Mike Rutherford. a little bit more. <laughs> that was literally what they said about, uh, they put out a documentary before this last Domino <laughs> yeah, uh, tour actually happened. They put out a documentary about the rehearsals during COVID for the last Domino tour. And it was just very like, well, you know, Phil would get out of the chair. Mike and is it, so pissy about it. It was so sad it. to watch. It was. Uh, that I, moment. And I had a brief moment. Where I was like, thank you, Genesis, for never doing this to me. But they showed like the backdrop, I think, of what they had on visual for Land of Confusion. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of like people kind of marching wearing masks. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't Van Morrison me here. I, you, you can't take away my Genesis. Don't do this yeah. to me. I'll freak yeah. out. I will freak out, guys. Please I will literally, do not. I have so little. I need do this. Not. <laughs> so then Peter Gabriel leaves the band and... Yeah. Collins takes over as lead singer. They 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 interview and audition a bunch of singers. Right. And then literally the story feels like he's just like, I guess I could have a go at it. And they go, all right, then. Perhaps right. you might. <laughs> Why don't you have a go then? Trick and of then the tail. Trick of the tail. Yeah. Goddamn. What a record. Dance on a Volcano is one of my favorite uh, yeah. Genesis songs. Uh, I would kind of kill to see a uh, musical box for... Uh, phil era like i I know they've done it for like trick of a tale but like i would love to see some of this stuff and during Um, this tour they were still doing old genesis material yeah to like so the old fans could you know still be you know like they were doing like suppers ready and stuff like that and this was bill bruford on on uh on drums during this tour correct yeah Yeah. um because yeah they hadn't gotten chester yet and as the second drummer right um this is also, I'll say for Genesis, one of the few bands that I'll like buy bootleg LPs of live shows. Like I have multiple oh, yeah. because I'll be like, yeah, this version of Follow You, Follow Me is a lot proggier when they play it live, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a great fucking, you know, uh, live version. But And they, they did two records in 1976. Yeah. It's crazy. So the, uh, the other record that came out in 76 uh, was Wind and Wuthering. Wind in the Weathering, it gets lost. It, that's one that for that specific era of the four piece mm-hmm. with Steve still in, Steve Hackett leaves after this one. That's one that I feel like I keep like coming back to with my buddy Mike Pace. Like every once in a while we'll be like, wait a second, what about Afterglow? And Afterglow yeah. was one that like I saw, I heard like a live version. I was like, oh, yeah, that Afterglow. version on is unbelievable. Yeah, Afterglow is so good live. Yes. So uh, good live. You start to get into some of the weirdo ideas. Like, that's the thing with, like, Walt Genesis gorilla. certainly. Walk Gorilla. Walk Gorilla. Phil, there is a gorilla. Phil, there's a gorilla coming right up against you right now. It's about to lift your car. I generally, I generally think because of Phil, they are a little bit better at humor. And then yes. sometimes they're really not, and we'll get into that in a second. But right, right. Blood on the Rooftops is a really fucking amazing song. Like that's one that's like the chorus is like you're bordering on like later Phil stuff. You can see he's got that little bit there. What um, the fuck are you talking about? The fucking blood on the fucking rooftops. <laughs> but Afterglow is the the live version of Afterglow will make you be like, oh, this is 
this is what it's all about. I yeah. think that one gets lost in the mix to me. Um, but, but they spot still, the they pigeon still play EP. It from time to time oh, that's too. really where it all comes together. That spot the pigeon EP. <laughs> it's a weird record. That record, if you ever heard it, it's still as fun. They're the old, they're one of the few bands too. Like because I have so many records, I try not to just buy like every twelve inch with an extended cut. But they're mm-hmm. a band that I'll be like, gotta get that. Gotta buy some Mama twelve inch that has a non radio edit that I'll never listen to. And then Seconds Out was the live album for... Yep. And Hackett was still in Seconds Out. He left after Seconds Out, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, that's one of the best live records ever, I think. Um, it just... Afterglow on that is a mind blower. Yes, it is. Um, and he gets real cockney on Robbery, Assault, and Battery. <laughs> yes. The Carpet Crawlers is so good on that. Yes. Um, yeah, it's really... Like, if you want to hear this era... I would recommend if you just want to like take a taste. Yeah. You want, if you want a little taste, I recommend just chewing off a little bit of seconds out. See if you like a, that. Exactly. Take a little. Take a little pull. Take a little pull. They're they're a, a band chomp, chomp. that also. Uh, they're not a. Uh, oh, on their live, they're not better. Like it, they get sometimes get better live. Like some of these things actually are better live. Uh, but they're all, but because they started a great spot. It's not like stupid jam bands where you're like, you only got to see them live because their records are a piece of shit. Um, I'm going to hit. I'm <laughs> just laughing because that's so true. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Those records are fucking they're awful. Fucking garbage. I would never listen to that piece live. of garbage. Oh, fuck. Doo doo. <laughs> um, I'm going to hit you with some Genesis trivia. Are you ready for this? Okay. What is actually released between Wind and Withering and Seconds Out? Isn't that Spot the Pigeon? Spot the Pigeon. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Those no. tracks aren't good. Those are leftover there's, tracks. From yeah, Wind they're and very Wuthering. leftover tracks. Okay. And there's one that's very goofy. And yeah. Um, Gorilla. Gorilla. Seconds Out rules. One of the best live albums uh, ever, ever released. Um, and then there were three. So some days I would say... And partly because for some reason, this was one of like maybe two Genesis records that I didn't have for a very long time, even when Mm -hmm. I loved them. And it was like I was given a gift from God when this record, I was like, maybe I should just buy a $3 copy of it. And then there were three. It's stupid. I haven't listened to this. Oh my God. Is this now my favorite Genesis (laughs) record? Is this still, is this your favorite? What is your favorite Genesis record? It depends on what day. It truly depends on what day it is. But there are Today, it's Wednesday. Uh, and then there were three. And then um, there were three. Okay, good. Uh, it, it Burning Rope is such an unbelievable song, and Live is so unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of... Uh, me and my buddy Mike uh, talk about... Like, I, I have a hard time saying that some, like, kind of goofier songs are really goofy. Uh, he has a hard time with scenes from A Night's Dream. That's basically <laughs> singing about <laughs> Little Nebo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's real dumb, but it's also adorable because I think he basically wrote it for his son. Like, so right. I was like, OK, come on. We, we have got children. Uh, Undertow is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, uh, Down so and Out good. is like one of the best beginnings of a fucking Genesis album. Um, and then follow you. It's crazy that like it's follow you. It's one of the you, best fucking me. beginnings of a Genesis it's album. It's the best fucking beginning. Fucking beginning. But follow you, follow me is uh, 
it's unbelievable that it's a it's a we're going to end on this and it's yeah. going to become this humongous vert like basically the transition to what we're going to become. Yeah, um, it was their hardest. It was their highest charting single at that point in '78, mm-hmm. uh, reaching number seven in the UK, number twenty-three in the US, and I believe it has the the very high distinction of being my wife Kristen Bartlett's favorite Genesis song. Really? Because this would play. She said she remembers hearing this all the time. Um, they would play it on their soft rock station. Yeah. And it feels like the Genesis song they would play at your junior high dance. Yeah. Like for oh, like one of the final solo? dances. Oh, oh God. That keyboard, that keyboard solo is just, yeah. oh, it feels so good. It and lifts this up. I mean, that's the thing. Like they really, look, Tony has struggled without the other two. Yeah. But I mean, we're all the, all the, all the shit we give Tony Becks. And uh, on 108.9 The Hawk. We give them a lot of shit. Literally, every member of one of Genesis, of the three, yep. have, they all have businesses in Valverde. They do. They do. They do. But he is the one who they're always like, the thing with Tony is he'll have a hundred parts. He'll can be like, how about we use this? How about we use that? And right. he's, they're all pretty amazing. It's like Tony's additions are the maybe the thing that pushes them into the the greatness greatness territory yeah uh and the b-sides are great too i only recently really went into the day the light went out in vancouver um vancouver is like a sad divorce song <laughs> and when they and when they toured this um this was the first time chester thompson was in the band yeah chester thompson and daryl Sturmer. yeah uh on guitar always been there except i think on that last tour it was the first one chester was just like i'm not doing this yeah i've been away from my family first on so the last the, the, the last, last domino tour, tour. Yeah, yeah last domino tour and i think a big part of that too was that phil wanted nick collins his son who creepily mm-hmm. plays very similar to phil he does it's wild it is wild hearing him play, and it's lucky that according like, to the press that chester was just like i have missed my family growing up right, like, right. i can't go back out yeah this is there also no like not exactly there. no 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 yeah. this is not exactly the beginning but this is also like oh phil really likes the alamo like there's oh, a is lot this the of start of the Alamo. I mean, Ballad of Big is kind of in there, kind of like it's just like, you know, he just really likes the West. He just likes yeah. the concept of the West, and it comes up all the time. And you're like, all right, here we go, Phil. This was also a hypno- hypnosis. Am I saying yes. that correctly? Hypnosis. Hypnosis cover. It's a totally dumb looking hypnosis cover. Yeah, <laughs> but it also is the font that I'm wearing currently, wearing my and then there were three shirt. There you um, are. Uh, and no, yeah, a, so that's the way, that's like mm, might be my winner in there, but it depends on what day. Okay. Another competitor for best of the Genesis records. Oh my god! It just keeps it keeps getting better from here, guys. That's it the crazy getting, part. That's the crazy part. Well, and um, we'll see. The thing with Genesis too is like when people be like, "Oh, I only listen to like the pop era," or like all I know is right. the pop stuff. Right. Then your every record, you're like, um, there's like an eight minute prog suite yes. that they've shoved in. <laughs> yes, like especially this next record has turn it on again, has <sighs> misunderstanding, and like that video for misunderstanding, which is just like driving around L.A. Yep, like you wouldn't think to look at an album, uh, a video like that, and then pick up an a copy of Duke, right, and then hear like cul-de-sac yes do you know what i mean or and then duke's travels to yes. duke's end end with this long suite 
of course did we're make talking- me very happy that uh, I just watched this uh, kind of. It seems like lately converted uh, script wise to like a ho- a holiday slasher. This movie, Happy Birthday to Me, mm-hmm. Jay Lee Thompson directed it from the seventies. But in the background, at one point, there's a giant poster for Duke. I saw you post about that. Oh, yeah, it was like yeah. it was like the, now this has become a perfect movie for me. Yep. Also, a Toto uh, circle uh, on a wall in the background. It was just great. Um, but but we're of course, if you haven't caught on, we're talking about 1980s Duke by of Genesis. Of course, I think, uh, and it totally makes sense that Tony Banks wrote the lyrics for this because they're a little bit pissy. Uh, I think Duchess is one of the best songs about being in a band that has ever existed. Um, the 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 story of Duchess of like here's a woman who just loves to sing and it lit up the room when she sang but she just did it for her heart wait a second she has fans wait a second now the fans don't really love her anymore like and it's kind of the cycle of being an artist where it's just like oh right eventually it's not that they completely turn on you but it's truth like eventually mm-hmm. you get older and you're you're and you still want to do the thing you want to do the art you want to do and i listen to duchess a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> when i'm crying after salisbury hill <laughs> <laughs> no it's a it's a it's a great song this album just rules you know uh i think on this recent tour the last domino which they say is their last tour God, thanks I a lot for coming to los angeles guys I know. really fucking appreciate it really t- tearing my soul apart <laughs> yeah but they uh they opened with turn it on again which is just yeah. a killer opener yeah Unbelievable. Just that doop, 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 doop. So those, good. Those keyboard blasts coming in. And yeah. Then the, the best part is that boom, and then everything kicks in. Yeah. Every song needs to have a, every song needs a little yes. horn blast. And you know, if Phil had his only way, those horns would be like piercing your ears out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I do love that part, though. Yeah, I got to say. Too. I it's coming, I'm a skinga. Go. Oh. <laughs> um, Duke and then is a, maybe you're one of your faves. Oh, with the next record, Abacab. Abacab, I think, is probably my favorite Genesis album. It's it's really hard. It's really hard to choose. I agree with you. Could not but, be more '80s with that oh. album cover and the four different versions. <laughs> I really uh, pisses me off. This guy was making a lithograph of it, and I like his website is all fucked up and would not work the clicking on and i emailed him and he just never emailed me back <laughs> like so i was gonna buy a very nice lithograph of the abacab cover i made a uh a couple years ago in 2020 i did uh, i edited the album cover to just say acab so all cops are bad <laughs> yes and i posted it and then and like, this was actually before you and me were we were like starting to like talk yeah 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 i think and i remember being like i thought of like a joke similar and then you did it and i was like well i guess we should be working together (laughs) yeah yeah and i posted that and i cannot tell you how many cops retweeted it just saying that it was their favorite genesis album amazing and i was just like god okay all right man uh this album rules it was their second number one lp on the uk albums chart and the first of their albums to reach the top 10 of the U.S. Billboard 200, peaking at number seven. Released in September 1981, I was three years old. Wow. Abacab, yeah. Genesis. This was another cassette. 
I believe my friend Zombie, uh, and they did a Zombie and Friends during the pandemic record, and I think Abacab they did a cover of, mm. uh, did a pretty faithful cover. Uh, it's so good. Abacab, of course, no reply at all. So this was oh. one today where, like, this is why I love Genesis. Like, I was kind of going through some of the stuff just to get ready. Mm-hmm. And Keep It Dark is... Uh, I was like, oh, I'm hearing this different than I've ever heard it before. Like, I was like, I was like hearing, it's a little bit like the Brazilian, where like you hear it and you're like, oh, the Brazilian's like what Vapor Wave is doing now. Mm-hmm. And Keep It Dark, there's like a way the, the verse goes where I was just like, no one would attribute it to them. But I was like, this sounds like Midwestern emo like style like in like the heartfelt song from those bands like mm-hmm. i was like but they're not trying for that it's just like this really interesting note progression that's very simple because that's the beauty too they're very good at just like two note progressions and a billion note progressions uh but yeah like they'll hey hey there's new gems to be found on a genesis record every oh my god <laughs> there are so many gems to be found on a genesis record now here's well, my and question also, i don't listen to uh like it or not, in another record, the last two songs always get lost in the shuffle. Like, I could mm-hmm. not tell you what they are. And I bet you they're great. And I know they are. But Man on the Corner is such a good song that I forget about yeah, the rest of the record so after Man on the Corner. Me and Sarah Jane is so good. Oh, love it. Um, now, here's my question, though. Please. And I've always wondered this. I kind of know the answer. I, I know that it, it is not. But uh, Sarah Jane was a companion to the doctor. The fourth mm-hmm. doctor, Tom Baker's doctor. Mm-hmm. Is this a song about Doctor Who? Oh my God! Don't you just want to bring it into? Just I know, I know, I, I believe it's about it's about a an unhomed man who yes. uh, makes up a relationship with a, a you know. Which but, look, hey, but look, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jeff. Yeah, the doctor doesn't really have a home. Wow! So it is about unhoused Doctor Who. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing with Genesis. You are going to get 80s boomer politics songs. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like a couple. <laughs> I mean, what do we have then two songs about the unhoused with man on the corner kind of being about yeah. that as well? Yes, you do. Like, because you've got the air of just like, we're playing this humongous festival and we got to do something about it. So right. we're going to fly, fly in the Concord. Yeah. <laughs> like Bob Geldof's like, what can I do to help? Yes. So that happens every now and then. You'll get some, you know, where you're like, yeah, you're on the right side. I don't know if it really helped anything, but I appreciate it. But at least Man on the Corner is the basic song. And so is me and Sarah Jane. And hey, hey, hey maybe it's hey, about Doctor hey, Who. Hey, maybe. <laughs> know if it's about doctor who hey who am i who am i to judge after this in 1982 you have three sides live yeah three sides are live and then the fourth side is just some uh extra stuff but yeah has paper late paper late so good yeah that was the song that when again with me and mike pace when we were doing worst gig ever and we did it at official comedy mm-hmm. one of the i'm almost like sometimes is one of the reasons that we did it and we're, you know, getting paid to do this version of our comedy show because we bonded with the one of the producers, Jeremy, who was a great guy, but that he really loved Paper Late oh, because we okay. wouldn't stop talking about Genesis. <laughs> and I was just like, and it's every time I listen to Paper Late, I think of Jeremy Colfer, great man. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a good live record. And it's then, and then the songs ha- are good. 
And it also, it's kind of a collection of different live stuff. You've got stuff from 81, 80, yeah. a couple 76. Uh, you got a 76 track, a 78 track with Peter Gabriel and with Jumps Hackett. around. So it does jump around a little bit, but it is a it is a good record. And then, of course, the Karen Gore, Gary Gore special in 1983, Lazarus. the self-titled album Genesis. I didn't give this one enough uh, listening time for a long time. Like, it was mm-hmm. like one I got maybe right before and then there were three or maybe even after it was like a dollar bin where i was like ah, i'll finally buy genesis self-titled i bet you it's not great mm-hmm. and i was like wait a second this album is unbelievable <laughs> we do a we do a game on mom rock another rock and roll podcast i do with my mom <laughs> and my sister and we do a game where it is called is this peter gabriel sorry is this phil collins or is this genesis yeah and we always either play only solo tracks or only Genesis tracks. And she's like, oh, that's solo. So we like would play that's all. Yeah. And she's going to say that's 100% a solo fill. Seems track. like it should be. It does. Yeah. And uh, then you got Mama. Him and doing <laughs> his Curtis blow. <laughs> Ow. And when yeah. they do that live, he really emphasizes that. He does. Ow. It's creepy. <laughs> I it's get creepy. a little bit like there's a couple of live parts that I like for I, I have it wrapped in my brain because Phil just gets bored and starts doing some weird shit. Yeah. But Home by the Sea, one of their best songs. Oh, the, God, yeah. And the vocal part of like, and we relive our lives and what they tell you is gut wrenching. Like, and it's also that's the part you're like, okay, they're in that's all. This could be a Phil solo record. Yeah. Here's a song about like telling ghost stories by the ocean at night. <laughs> like, okay. I will, I will tell you there is one song on this album I could probably shoot into space. What are you talking about? They've never made a, a poor kind of comedy based decision that's followed by a video that's really uh, hard to defend and is really extra hard because musically it's kind of a fun song <laughs> yeah musically it's a fun song it's the a rest bummer. of it sucks it's illegal alien illegal alien was always a bad idea always it, a bad it idea. isn't about that we are in a woke culture uh illegal alien was whoa, a whoa. bad idea john cleese the- yeah exactly john cleese would have had an issue with this song when it came out <laughs> yeah and the video where they are dressed up like campaneros or something like they're wearing <sighs> like it's rough it's rough. Yeah. Uh, he's using a fake accent. Uh, it's it's an undefendable song, and it's it is again very frustrating because like Rutherford wrote a good melody mm-hmm. underneath it, but I skip over this one. Um, it's just I. It's you know, luckily, uh, just a job to do. Wow. I got a name. <laughs> I got a number. Straight oh. into Silver Rainbow, which is just like kind of like epic, majestic song that Banks wrote. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Illegal Alien is the one completely sore spot in the Genesis discography, I think. Go ahead. Shoot it into space. Just that shoot it into the, space. Shoot it into space from Jason. Can you just give Jeff. us a instrumental version of it called yeah. Untitled? And yeah, we'll just Untitled Instrumental. I'll take it. So uh, na- between yeah. between now and the next record, just a little history. You know, we got a three. We have a three year break, and in that break, Phil Collins gets even fucking bigger. Crazy. He does, ag- he does against all odds. Yeah, which was his first single to reach number one. 
One of the few songs that uh, I believe it, I got really into listening to it maybe like a year ago, and mm-hmm. my wife all of a sudden was like, can we not with this song anymore? She really does not like Against All Odds. She hates that. I love that song, man. I love it so much. It's it so also, good. It I, makes it me partly, tear up. I know. It makes me it tear g- up. Gives it gives me was, uh, little shivers. It gives me the little shivers. I mean, it also maybe shivers. shows what was going on in my household. When I look back at some of like my father's favorite movies... Mm-hmm. Uh, Against All Odds was one of my was father's one of his... favorite movies, but you're also just like, mm, I don't know if like a middle-aged guy should be watching Against All Odds and being like, I should aspire to what's going on in this movie. <laughs> um, and you're really hunting for that uh, Phil song in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's really not <laughs> much yeah, there. Like, please, just play it now. Play yes, it now. Yes. And then after uh, after that, he another had another huge huge song with earth wind and fire singer philip bailey which is one of my favorite like easy lover yeah so good so good uh i'll say two for philip bailey Mm -hmm. uh and this was one that i only discovered not so long ago uh and it was when uh mike pace again my uh prog rock uh friend but he was making his spago uh, rock playlist because he's kind of the person who invented that term spago rock uh, really? that was going yeah like my buddy mike is the one who like basically gave it a name because he yeah. started doing this solo project that was basically spago rock and he made these playlists and they kind of glommed on but he found a walking on a chinese wall mm-hmm. by philip bailey which is an unbelievable song and i think phil might be drumming on it too i gotta check that uh, out it's a little illegal alien you're just like what exactly are these lyrics like it's a little bit a lot of, so- a lot of lyrics about the i ching or i chang okay. and like okay. walking on a ch- the chinese wall which okay. they're not calling the wall of great wall of china they i think they were like nope syllables don't work right <laughs> right hey but guys. it's a great song it's i'll check it out i will check that out and then he played on uh, behind the sun by eric clapton Pfft, yeah. who cares yeah. he drummed on do they know it's christmas crazy i want to say that's the song or was it did he drum on the live aid song oh wait that's the live aid song i think he only did like one take and he didn't really know what he was doing yeah you could kind of tell that in the video too where he's just like he's like all right gotta go and then Guys, this exploded. I remember this album being everywhere. You could not move without hearing one of the gigantic singles. By the way, is this also before or after Mike Rutherford just all of a sudden just like, guess I'll just find some random singer and give it a go? (laughs) Yeah, let me check that out. I'm going to have a like two to three of the biggest 80s singles you could ever imagine and you won't realize it's from mike rutherford okay so yeah let's see here so right around the same time okay so no jacket required came before mike and the mechanics Uh uh-huh so no jacket required was recorded in 84 released in february 85 had the singles oh just just see if you've ever heard these songs it's the (laughs) studio one more night take me home don't lose my number take me home. he rode around in a fucking pool in the back of a limo crazy i mean you can't then, stop that then started a business in valverde <laughs> yes that's exactly what he did he's like y'all should bring this to valverde right then go bring it to valverde i love how you and this is because they're your favorite band you voice both uh tony banks and got phil it. collins gotta 
And I, uh, I voice uh, Mike Rutherford of Mike, Mike and the Mechanics. Rutherford. And then, and okay. then, of course, what you were saying, Mike and the Mechanics came out in October '85, um, which had uh, Silent Running, great song, with Paul Carrick on vocals, and then All I Need Is a Miracle with Paul Young on vocals. Yeah. And then, what is it? A different record, same record. The song about his dad, or whatever. So that was '88. Yeah. So that crazy. was after. So and that was the living years, which makes me fucking tear up. Yes, I mean um, it truly does. It's also weird because it's like almost like a precursor to calling all stations, where it seems to be the story is just like. Then my manager's just like, check out this guy, and I'm like, fine, sounds fine. good to me. Whatever, sounds good to me. And it's just I like they're all, from, they're all from Liverpool. The craziest part, I need to get a, a physical copy of Rutherford's uh, autobiography. Uh, it's a little less fun because it basically just goes back and forth between him dealing with his father's death mm-hmm. and then just being like, and then I went back out on tour and all I did was drink Southern Comfort. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. You just gave me heartburn. You yeah. just gave me heartburn. Because there was a time in college that was my drink. Oh boy! And I would just roll up to a party with just a little bottle of Southern Woo! Comfort, and I would just be like nipping on it all night, nipping like, on the comps. Right, let's do it! And I would be playing with my band and of just course. like my bottle of Southern Comfort on top of my Music Man amp, which would always was too loud and it would knock it the fuck right off, wiping drips of the comps uh, out of your goatee. Oh no, I'm sure. <laughs> oh shit! My comps filled. I do need to get a physical copy. It's not as good as yeah. uh, Not Dead yet. Like the Phil Collins book is a great. It's so book. good. The Phil Collins book is great and yeah. fucking sad and fucking sad. Yes. So fucking They're both sad. sad. And then Tony's over there going, right? Then I guess okay. I guess oh, no one wants to read a book from me. All right, fine. Then I'll just make my classical records that are yeah. pointless to listen to. And just shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, and then guys, here's what happens. Tony's crying, saying, "Please listen to Please. Bank Statement." <laughs> <laughs> And then, so, No Jacket Required, huge, huge fucking hit. So, yep. of course, the next Genesis album was also going to be a humongous fucking hit. Crazy. And Reloose. Reloose. I've been having too much comf over here. I got the comf and that oh. record got released. <laughs> oh, man, there's comf everywhere. I'm gonna call it the cum from now on. It's so fun. We gotta have the. We gotta bring the cum into the real get talk the cumf, episodes, man. You know, Wisp is just like. Oh, Wisp I got, shifts I got, over I got from Cognax. I got rid of Cognax. I'm only drinking the cum now. My doctor said I needed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he said. He said, Wisp, if you want to live forever like I know you do, <laughs> you gotta get rid of the Cognax and move right on over to the cum. Oh, man. Released June 6, 1986, Invisible Touch. I got to say, so this is one that maybe, again, to the chagrin of to the chagrin of my wife, this mm-hmm. one was late where I like I didn't give Invisible Touch enough of a shake. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's it's way too far into their pop era for me. And then I was like, wait a second. Uh, and I think the thing that finally pulled me in was the 12 inch version, uh, the not radio edit of Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the breakdown into when it kicks back in is so probably good. my favorite genesis part like when it's just like that tony banks like kind of keyboard and then when it like you keep telling me like he's mm-hmm. phil is so angry when he kicks it in and it is unbelievable but then all of a sudden i was like wait a second 
I like Invisible Touch. It's a good song. It's a great song. It's such a fun video where they're just fucking around on a soundstage. It is. I'll tell you, we've talked about it on our and Instagram we are gonna stories. Talk about it. We're going to talk about it a little bit more here, too. Land of Confusion is the reason also Ooh. I maybe stayed away, because that video gave me nightmares and still does. The Brothers Gore, my band in Athens, Georgia, we used to cover Land of Confusion. Oh, wow. But in a very, in a very like stoner rock way. So in that like little a breakdown in the sort middle. of way, like how disturbed does it? And yeah. they like oh, throw in God. some. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, though the splitting image, spitting image puppets Ugh. still fucking frighten me to this day. They're I nauseated. hated them as a child. I've turned around. We it's talked fear. about on our Instagram live which was the most hideous of the uh, spitting image Genesis members. Their puppets. Yeah. I think we landed on Tony Banks was the grossest. Yes, we said because he goes out really wide. Like the yeah. mouth is just way too wide. It's very similar to the Mick Jagger uh, spitting image puppet, yes. and I hate both of them. Yeah, I Mike hate Rutherford the Ronald just Reagan. Looks like Goofy. Ronald uh, Reagan is so yeah. Creepy. Ronald Reagan is nauseating. Um, but uh, it's it's Madonna's such a, belly button made me nauseous. Like made me sick to my stomach. Oh God, the Madonna's oh belly God, button smoking I, a cigarette. Oh, why did you bring that up? <laughs> If you want, I literally just got a little sick. Yeah, it's it's like there's a look, people. There's like the joking version of like, ugh, I got nauseous, and then there's like the legitimate, like some things. It might as well be maggots in a '70s Italian horror film. Like, is Madonna's belly button smoking (laughs) in the (laughs) Land of Confusion video? (laughs) Yes. We were really um, going for a maggots in an Italian <laughs> horror film in the 70s thing uh, with that part of the video. But um, yeah, here's a crazy thing. I just want to throw this fact out here, Jeff. Please. Let me know if you've ever thought about this. Please. There are. <laughs> oh, no. Whispers here. <laughs> eight tracks yeah. on this album. Yeah. And five of them are humongous singles. Crazy. And, Invisible and five touch. worthwhile singles. Yes, Invisible Touch. And very, very, like, varied. Yeah. They, none of them are, sound similar. You've got Invisible Touch. Yeah. Tonight, 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 which yep. Karen Gore 100% thinks is a solo filled track. <laughs> Land of Confusion, Into Deep, yeah, and then Throwing It All Away. Huge. I'm blanking. The only one right now I'm blanking on is what anything she does sounds like. Because and I'm also she does that's the problem. Magic. Everything she, she does turned me, me on, which is weird because apparently it's a song that <laughs> Tony Banks wrote about being in love with a pinup girl. So you're like Banks, oh, good. because that's the beauty. He probably yeah, Banks. He's like pr- I've been jo- I've been cranking it to this picture <laughs> yeah. on my wall. Right then, I don't know. I suppose I'll just crank it to <laughs> this pinup girl. Um, he probably helped with the Brazilian, which I do think is a fucking amazing song. But the yeah. only two bank songs are Anything She Does, so a song about jerking off to a pinup girl. And then in between, as you said, what was it, four or five hit singles? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Domino. Like, he's like, we have to do a part one and part two of Domino, yes! which are great. Which are tremendous. I love them so much. But then it's just like, right, then can then can we go into throwing it all away? Yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Tony. How about we follow it up with a 353 single? He's My like, what, God. What, what if uh, throwing it all away was part three of Domino? Tony, I'm not going to. I'm going to um, bring Peter in to make is. fun of you. Oh, here's the picture I've been cranking to. Man, again, with their schoolboy stuff, they all still gang up on Tony. And then 
aunt there is to like is like calms everyone when right. they have like my aunt is just like can't stay angry at aunt <laughs> uh and, but yeah and, i mean it's an amazing record like i yeah. it's like i want to not give it credit uh i want to not give it credit for it's pretty stupid but awesome 80s album cover uh it's you know it's just so 80s. it's a great album but it's great but i do love for it its time. <laughs> yes for its time here's the thing that album cover if you just showed that to me i'd be like oh 1986 uh-huh easy and then if you showed me the album cover for the next record yeah i would easily say oh 1991 yes easily easily the 14th so, studio album yeah. released by genesis on october 28th 1991 we can't dance so I really, if I know there's been two to three that I'd be like, I didn't give this a chance. And then I gave it a chance. Uh, this one is, I didn't really give this one a chance until maybe like a year mm-hmm. or two ago. Partly because it's just hard to get, or it's maybe not even available on vinyl. Or there's like a weird record story day uh, yeah. version. But, uh, and because, look, I know it's going to be a differing possibly for you. I just don't really need... I, if Invisible uh, or Illegal Alien is shot into space, I wouldn't be upset if I can't dance for shot into space right after. Really? It's just not, it's the ultimate to me, even though I've now loved them, but especially at the time of like boomers thinking they're funny, like to me. Like it just is a little bit like, I love you guys and you're really pushing my good graces. Do you know what the original uh, title of that song was? No. Well, Gorilla 2. <laughs> then I would have been on board. And then I'd be like, yeah. Uh, and keep it dark, buddy. But yeah, yeah. But the hard part is, so like, I don't like I can't dance. Like, that's just. It's fine. You just hate the dance. You, when you see the dance. I do hate dancing, too. But I hate you the, hate the dancing dance. in general. You hate I hate Footloose. dancing in general. I truly. You would be the mayor in Footloose, basically. I'm sorry to my wife that we've never danced at a wedding. Uh, <laughs> I just sit there like a grump. I'm not uh, doing it. I really just have been multiple times. I put hearing, I put earplugs in at a wedding <laughs> to protect. Oh, my I ear. dance like a motherfucker at a wedding. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm I, that's the thing. The I'm sure you do, and I'm sure it's I'm fun like, as hell. I'm like DJ. Can you play? I can't dance. I know that one. <laughs> and I do the arms and the legs. Bad. But you know the best song on this album is though. Uh, well, it's competing for me between no uh-huh. son of mine and jesus he knows me jesus he knows me jesus he knows me is so good it's so biting it is so biting to that time because you got to think back to early 90s and like all of this ptl shit yeah was all over the tv especially you know growing up in the south it was on like i would go over to like people in my neighborhood uh to their home to their homes then they're very religious mm-hmm. but they would have fucking ptl on the tv yeah bullshit and I knew of so many like grandmothers that were just, were just giving away most of their social security. Yeah. And it's a perfect song and, yeah. for an old boomer musician to like this year be like, almost seems like it could be written today. Done it. <laughs> like sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Makes like you, makes you think. Makes you say, It's like you're looking out the window, ain't yeah. it? Uh, but I do, and I, but I really love No Son of Mine too, and it's no very. No Son of Mine's so powerful. My wife loves to uh, point out when we're listening to it, and I'm just like hanging out with my son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and driving the last spike is cool. Uh, Fading lights is like a hidden one at the yeah. end. 
uh, another Banks one. I will say for, again, we it's like joking about him and we make fun of him all the time. But for those 80s or those later in the 90s ones, it's like, look to the Banks. You yeah. got to look to the Banks for that little bit of like, you got to look to the Banks. Here's the baby. thing. He was not fucking around with any solo shit. He was bringing the shit to Genesis. He really was. Except it's weird that he, Collins wrote Driving the Last Spike, the 10 minute, 10 minute second yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's it gets a little bit lost in the shelf on every time I listen to it. I'm like, oh, wow. I forget how big No Son of Mine and Jesus He Knows Me is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, No Son of Mine is a pretty powerful song. In and it. Then, <laughs> in it. Um, the, and then the next the albums after that, they had The Way We Walk, Volume 1 and 2, The Shorts and Longs. Yeah. Um, the shorts were the mainly the hits. The longs were like stuff from Lamb and and stuff like that. Because they this have fun B-sides. That's the fun part. It's like Genesis yeah. is a band with actual B-sides. Like they, their they, throwaway songs are yeah. better than most real band songs. And then, um, and then? <laughs> in 96, Phil Collins leaves Genesis. <sighs> Wowzers. And so what do they do? Well, they grab at some dude named Ray Wilson. And they get some sunglasses. And they they think, let's really up that look from the We Can't Dance uh, yeah. video. Apparently, Ray- this is another one where it's like, it's kind of like Rutherford, where their label was just like, give give this CD a go. And they're yeah. like, that's pretty good, in it? <laughs> oh, they, you like that? You, this is a band called Stiltskin. Oh, boy. A post-grunge um, band, according to Wikipedia, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Stiltskin. Also, the weird thing about Ray Wilson is apparently he toured with Steve Hackett in uh, Genesis Revisited 2 as a guest singer. Genesis or Steve Hackett's not afraid of going back to the Genesis well. He will. Oh, he lives. He sleeps in the well now. That's all he does. But then he'll put out a record that's just like called like the Wolves or something, and you're like, it's pretty good. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's uh, he is not afraid to go back to that sleeping in that well. But yeah, Yeah. Calling All Stations, their fifteenth and final studio album. Look, uh, Ray, it was hard. Ray, it was it was. It was a hard time. I feel for you. Yeah. They they feel, uh, you know, we, look, I, I think we all can kind of look back at our, like, artistic careers and think about that, at least that one, if not a bunch, like, moments where you're like, was it the right decision, like, artistically? Like, was it out of fear? And I get that. I, I get, like, being like, we got to put a record out because we're Genesis. Like, we got to right. still exist. Maybe Phil will come back or something. You Like, you're not really thinking exactly straight um it, it's very similar to van halen 3 where i yeah. feel i feel bad for ray wilson in the way, same way that i feel bad for gary sharon yeah yeah where they get into this band and they think like okay this is it i'm in genesis now i'm in fucking van halen it worked for sammy that, it's gonna work for me they'll take right, me on right and, Which and you're not and counting on. a great singer man he, you know he's a fucking killer singer but you're not but, counting on them being a little tired. Right. Like, I think they should have just not done a goddamn thing and then just focus on the Genesis Archive box set that came out the following year. Yeah. Just focus on that historical stuff. There's some moments when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, Alien Afternoon sounds like a Tony Banks solo to yeah. me, like record. Congo kind of has some moment, but like it really... I was jumping tracks like I and my mm-hmm. wife was like, what are we listening to exactly? And I was like, I know. Sorry, I'm doing this podcast tomorrow. Like, I got to listen to it. 
Uh, it feels you really put tight. your wife through a lot. I'm just going to throw that on the table. I, 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 Kristen I love does her. not listen to anything that I listen to for this. It's, it's truly headphones. Oh, I, I mean, I'm it in, it's because she allows me to like, uh, and that's very nice. Yeah. I 90, like we have music on at all times. And I would say 90% to 95% of the time I'm deciding it. And I try to keep them in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with most movies. Like, Do you have like, music on while movies are playing? So like you're watching, you're uh, watching the, the Exorcist. Start, I stop. You're watching yes. the Exorcist. I just put and it's on like, tubular bells. Jesus, he knows me. No, I, I put on tubular bells, and then I let the whole record go out. So when Regan's head starts spinning around, you right. start hearing the part where they're like xylophone, <laughs> rhythm guitar. Oh, you uh, want to do Mike Oldfield? Uh, I do want to do an so, Oldfield so rock hard, talk. Man. I love so that band so much. I know nothing about it. Oh man, literally nothing about it. It might blow your mind when you if you listen to the other records. It's a weird. It might. It's it's crazy. It's awesome. But yeah, um, I, yeah. I, she deals with a lot, uh, and she dealt with calling all stations last night. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I'm you, never gonna go back to it. <laughs> no, no, and it's one of those albums. It's good to hear. It's it. You can hear the Rutherford and Banks doing interesting stuff on it, uh, but then it's just like, ugh. Where's the Phil? only person I know who owns it is my mother because I think she was just at like a price club or something and yeah. they were selling it. And she didn't really realize, yeah. and it's still in the shrink wrap. It's one of those deals oh, where good. you're like, "Good," where you're like, "Why do you have this copy of Lethal Weapon <laughs> in shrink wrap like yeah. DVD?" I love <laughs> like, it. Like I bought I it at Costco. It. I don't know. And then after this, they did a lot of archival stuff. Genesis yeah. Archives sixty-seven to seventy-five came out, which was kind of. Uh, uh, a, I never, I was never able to find it. No, it was very hard to find, and only, and I was hunting for it because I wanted discs one and two contain a live concert recording of Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Do you yeah. own this? I don't. Uh, yeah, because it's on CD. It's just I just don't own most CD thing. Like right. once it becomes like either. a CD thing, yeah. I just leave it to like I guess I'll just stream. Do you it have somewhere. it digitally? Yeah, I think I've got it, but that's I've got it like. Here's my problem with my uh, digital archives is mm-hmm. I have them on a hard drive that oh, has me a, too. the old Firewire drive. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm like, I'm not paying for a dongle. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just kind of leave it to like, well, there go hundreds of gigs of music that are just yeah. floating around somewhere in my house. And then in 2000, they released 70, the Archive 2, 7692. But the one thing I do want to touch on, because we touched on it a little bit earlier, um, 1999, Genesis put out Turn It On Again, The Hits. Yeah. And it was pretty fucking great because it reunited the Peter Gabriel lineup to do yeah. Carpet Callers 1999. Yeah. Which I mean, again, is that- my favorite version. Yeah. I just love that there's not enough animosity. Like, it's just like, it seems to just be like, really, they could, there is, there was a version where they could have done a reunion tour with Peter. Mm-hmm. And it really, I do believe that there's, it's more of just like, I don't know. Like, I just think this was get probably, I think this was probably testing the waters to see I if they so. could do that. Yeah. And then Peter Gabriel was like, I'm going to make a record with capuchin monkeys. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and like, okay, never mind. He's I like, guess. I'm sorry. The monkeys are booked. I can't Just get her out of it. The, the manager is wonderful, but I've got a kill fee and I can't afford it. <laughs> so. it, it was uh, <laughs> it was played as the final encore on each date of the Turn It On Again tour in 2007. And then the 2021 last domino tour. 
I mean, it helps with them. That helps. That happens with some bands. Is like I've never seen them, so mm-hmm. it like has this more of a mystique. I remember that uh, turn it on again tour. Uh, I didn't have enough money, like, and mm-hmm. I was like, and that was around the time I went to see Yes because my mom was like, I'd go see that with you. Like, I'll get tickets. I was like, Thank you. I'm an idiot who still right. has not enough for these things. And then Genesis, she was just like, I don't know if I'd pay that much. And I was like, Oh no. You were the only way this was happening. I blew it. (laughs) I blew it. And then they just never came to see us. Uh, And I'm partly glad we didn't have to make the like still coming out of, uh, you know, quarantine decision. Because I I don't know. They would have played like the bowl or something. That's what I would have hoped. Uh, I was ready to pay a dumb amount of money. I was and, ready to play, uh, pay a dumb amount of money too. I really would just be would've. like, this is, I'm only got one life. What this are you going to do? Yep. If I got to watch Phil sit in a chair and kind of caterwaul out these songs yeah. <laughs> in a range he can't reach sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's not the, it's not the, the, you know, that, that documentary, I'll watch anything, but it, it didn't make me the happiest about Genesis. Like Phil, uh, is a sad story. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a lot sad going story. on with Phil. <laughs> He's got a lot of back issues. That was, uh, he did a, a solo tour. Um, He's got a it, lot of, uh, like, sixth wife locking him out of the mansion they yeah. live in. <laughs> um, he, went, he went pretty deep into drinking. And he was a late day drinker. He was yeah. just like workaholic who, I mean, kind of happened to people I know in my family. But mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, was just like, oh, the minute I stopped working, uh, that's when I'm going to decide to start drinking. Right. Like late in the day. So like watch out yep. people. <laughs> and he did so well with his solo tour that uh Tony and Mike saw that 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 convinced them to be like, "Okay, you yeah. know, let's let's do this Genesis thing one last time." And you know, Phil said that he would do it but only if Nick could drum. Yeah. Um and because that was part of the the fun of even doing his solo tour. Yeah. Was having his son on drums. He's such a fucking amazing drummer. And then, of course, uh, Lily Collins, Emily in Paris. Of course. If you're not aware of that, which is a pure 100% Genesis soundtrack. Yep. She, Uh, like, walks out of, like, a really nice French cafe, and it's immediately... (laughs) Emily in Paris. (laughs) You're still in Paris. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I still haven't watched that movie Palm Springs, and I know I will eventually only because yeah. I know the Brazilian is in it. Like, oh, that, then you got to watch it. That's the thing. I get it's that's like, the only reason. It's like a Tangerine Dream score. Like, I've watched so many yeah. dumb movies just because I'm like, well, they did the score. I guess I'll watch Three O'Clock High again. Uh, I mean, Three O'Clock High is a great movie. What yeah. am I talking about? But yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that is Genesis in a nutshell on Hawk Rock Talk. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. It was a good uh, good journey through it. I think uh, probably the next one we do will be Thin Lizzy. So I got to get gotta, in there. I got to get in there. And then I got to hope that, you know, ultimateclassicrock.com gives me a, fu- a fucking good headline. Could you do that? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, comedic podcaster finally discovers thin lizzie <laughs> which asshole just discovered thin lizzie right. like what's it why be a jerky about this just wow. discovered thin lizzie um final thoughts on genesis <sighs> they really are just the greatest band ever i don't they know really i, I would like to ever. i truly would like to almost in therapy reasons understand why i've decided to like them so much beyond the reasons i know 
Um, and it and it does weird people out mostly because I'm just like Jeff Garlock. Most people are like, yeah, you like metal and hardcore and punk stuff, and I'm like, yeah. Weirdly, I don't listen to it most of the time. That stuff I listen to metal more, but then uh, listen to a lot of new age music in Genesis. Do you so. think? Do you think in a previous life, so pre what seventy eight? Okay. Yep. You were like this British dude who just like followed Genesis on tour and then got like hit by Genesis's bus. Yeah. As it left like Twickenham or something. Yeah. On, uh, then, on July 12th, 1978, I was chasing the bus and I was like, follow you, follow me. And then it <laughs> like, knocked me out. And they're like, I'm not sure we even wrote that song again. And it's like, no, you will. Or you did. I'm not sure. Uh, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. There's just something about, and I, Oh, I will say the last thing is like, there's just a weird, I enjoy the the weird bonding of Genesis. Like I was mm-hmm. at a Parkinson's walk mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I saw this much older guy like about to do the walk with me and he was wearing a Genesis trick of the tail shirt. Amazing. And I was like, well, I guess I got to go over and shake this guy's hand. And I didn't realize I was wearing a Peter Gabriel melt shirt. Nerds. And then he was like, no shirt there. But then we started just like, he just wanted to start talking immediately. He's like, I've got all the box sets and then I've got this. And I saw a musical box on this tour. Did you see him on this tour? And I was like, you're the best. Yeah. But then I was like, sorry, my child wants to keep walking. Yeah. I, have I, to made the mis- I made the mistake of making a conversation like that to some guy in the grocery aisle the other day where I'm like, <laughs> whoa, I, whoa, I didn't know that they uh, sold RC Cola out here. And he's like, oh, yeah, I get it because it's the cheapest cola. And wow. then I'm like, well, cool. Well, have a great day. And I go down to the end of the aisle. And he quickly follows up behind me. He's like, I also really like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and he started going into all of the Dr. Yeesh. Peppers. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, that's great. I'll check that out. And then I get over to the dairy section. Right. And that fucker pops right back up. And he's like, did you know at Wendy's they have strawberry Dr. Pepper? Oh and I'm like, God. please, for the love of God, man. I was just, I, I don't know. I think it's maybe not talking to a lot of people during the pandemic or whatever. And I, I take those moments to just be social. And then sometimes I regret those social moments. That's most of my social moments. But, yeah. you know, that's the Garlock way. But. Oh. The Garlock way. That's another podcast you're going to get from uh, <laughs> from uh, 108.9 The Hawk. Well, this has been Hawk Rock Talk. Uh, you can, we'll get these from time to time uh, with some of the extra stuff we do with 108.9 The Hawk. Coming up this Monday, it is the return of the Wisp Turlington Show. Hello. Uh, with the very fantastic, very funny uh, comedian, Nicole Conlon. Um, that's going to be a great episode. You can go to 1089thehawk.com to learn all things Hawk. You can buy your Hawk shirts there and then go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Come on. Come on. Come on. Say, I really like this, Jeff. I really like this, Jeff. Or just, you know, put in some Genesis lyrics. Oh, yeah, please. We'll and that's going to make, that's gonna make uh, you know, anything off of Calling All Stations is uh, fair yes. game. Yes. I'll know exactly what it is immediately. Yeah. <laughs> 